Hello and good day. This is Dr. Rob Streisfeld. Doc Rob, your concierge to better living on Cannabis Radio and all over the digital airwaves. Thanks for tuning in, checking out, downloading this podcast. Great to have you with us. It's a wonderful day. Now, I just came back. I was honored uh, to be able to participate and speak on a panel at the most recent Cannadelic conference in Miami. And it was really great to connect with a lot of other people. But I was on a medical cannabis panel, so it was really cool meeting with a bunch of other doctors in different areas. And one of the questions from the audience came out, um, of course, which happens very often, which is, what about cannabis with children? What about during pregnancy? You know, and again, there's a lot of opinions out there, but you know, let's, let's, let's cut to the chase and you know, get right to it and introduce today's guest on the show, Dr. Amory Wong from Medverde uh, in Miami. Uh, it was a doc who focuses and specializes in pediatrics and cannabis. Doc, Dr. Wong, it's great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me today. No, it's my pleasure. And I said, this comes up a lot and it's very, you know, it's a challenging conversation um, as you most likely know, and most people that listen to this show are aware that, you know, people say, oh, the research is not enough research is, you know, we don't have enough research, but it's truthfully told that there's been so much research done. Now, initially the research was primarily of the negative or detrimental impacts of cannabis on human body, but we're now starting to see more you know, positive focused research. How did you get involved with this whole space of cannabis and medicine and, of course, the pediatric component? Right. So uh, I have already, I, before I started my medical cannabis practice, I, I had already been practicing pediatrics for almost 20 years. And I um, actually, at the time uh, in 2016, uh, medical marijuana was legalized in Florida. And um, I was actually approached by a colleague of mine from medical school who, um, along with a couple other uh, doctors, were interested in uh, opening medical cannabis clinics. So that um, kind of was the impetus for me to start looking into cannabis, even though I, I know it's, it's, you know, it's been around for a while and even medically legal in other states such as California since 1996. But um, yeah, that was kind of the, uh, the motivation for me once it became legalized here in Florida, where I was already practicing, that I started looking into it. I, I went and spent time with a physician in Michigan who had three medical cannabis clinics um, that had been open already for about six years. Um, I also had a uh, colleague from medical school um, who, uh, Dr. Christian Lee, who had been practicing in Oregon also for almost uh, eight years at that time, and I spent uh, time shadowing him uh, with his practice, and I was able to see a lot of great benefits as well as, you know, the more publicized, um, you know, improvements in children with uh, epilepsy and certain strains of CBD. Uh, so, yeah, that was basically my uh, motivation to, to get into the field. That's very cool. Yeah, I love the background, obviously, first being a doctor, pediatrician, and then realizing that there's uh, other therapies or options that we should all consider. That's the open-mindedness we hope to have. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting because it's, it's you said CBD, and of course, we've talked about this numerous times over the years, but a lot of what's opened up this uh, 
reawakening of cannabis was the fact that children were benefiting from these cannabis compounds, specifically epilepsy and things of that nature. And that really started to to, to, to open up the doors and bring awareness. So I, I always, you know, regard back to the children came first as far as that care goes. And uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, you know, you said epilepsy. What other things have you seen, you know, to benefit, you know, in general uh, as far as with pediatrics and, and cannabis? One of the uh, main areas that I treat my patients with um, is uh, autism. So right. uh, I've seen a lot of, uh, children along the spectrum, some are more mild, some are extremely severe, which is actually way more severe than I'd ever seen in my past 20 years of pediatric practice with uh, self-injurious behavior, aggressive behavior, um, you know, which is really difficult, you know, not only for the patient, but also for the parents and the caregivers. And um, I've really seen some great improvements using cannabis uh, for these patients. So that's, that would be the main area that I kind of focus on uh, in my practice. But I also have been uh, getting referrals from the Children's Hospital down here in Miami from the psychiatric department, also the um, pain management uh, department at the Children's Hospital up in Broward. And so we, we have been seeing other um, uses for it. Uh, for, you know, pain syndromes, as well as anxiety. Um, so, you know, and uh, spasticity, um, as well as I do see children as well with epilepsy. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I, I come from a background, I've been involved, especially because as a naturopath, digestive health and nutrition uh, with the autistic community for many years, so pretty much almost my whole professional career. Um, and so we know there's a, a, a direct connection between obviously gut health and autism and neurotransmitters. And it's really interesting to see how, you know, for many, I can't say all because we, we don't, we ever, never say that it all help all everyone the same way, um, that there seems to be a lot of benefit in that population with various cannabinoids when used responsibly and, and carefully and dosing it properly. And these are all things that, you know, uh, you know, we, we are, we should be aware of, but it's, it's pretty amazing. Those benefits. I was, I remarked actually at the conference that I was at, uh, a genetics, a cannabis genetics conference at Harvard many years ago when we were talking about the children with epilepsy and the benefits of CBD. And it was something that they noted that, let's say, eight or sometimes even nine out of 10 children seem to benefit from you know, CBD, but there's one or two out of 10 that maybe worsen or you know, exasperates the system. Have you seen that as well? Like there are, it's not a one fits all kind of solution? Correct. It is very, very individualized. Um, that's why I, I do think it is important, especially for pediatric patients with these kind of conditions that they see a, a pediatric doctor who will really take the time to work on the treatment with them. Um, you know, I typically start my patients on CBD only, but depending on, you know, what their symptoms are, their severity, um, sometimes we'll add other cannabinoids such as THC. Um, CBDA, uh, CBG. So there, there's a lot of other components um, and parts of the plant that I use uh, to treat patients. And it's so individualized in terms of uh, what patient responds to what dose and uh, which cannabinoids uh, combination that they respond to. Um, you know, there are, of course, some, some kids that, you know, may seem initially worse, but uh, what's Interesting is that, um, you know, as was found in research done in Israel, that 
Sometimes lower doses can be more stimulating and make kids more agitated, but going to higher doses of CBD actually can be more calming uh, and more beneficial for their behaviors. So, um, you know, so some people may actually start on a lower dose and say, oh, you know, they got worse. It didn't work for them. But sometimes it just takes a little time. And that's what I encourage to my patients is that, you know, let's let's keep on working to it. And for those parents who are willing to, you know, take that jump and go up to a higher dose. I've had a lot of patients that said, oh, you know what, this this week they're doing much better at the higher dose. So it's uh, you, you do need uh, an experienced practitioner to to kind of guide them through this, as well as parents or caregivers who are willing to kind of work a little bit and adjust the doses and, um, you know, take a little time because it, it may not work immediately and may take some time to work. Oh, for sure. And I, and I love that part about, you know, it's just, this is not a, you know, again, a, a perfect fit. This takes some effort to kind of find it. We do that, you know, a lot. I've seen working with digestive health and probiotics, you know, a lot of people start doing a detox and very often they feel worse initially, uh, you know, Herxheimer reaction, something that like their body is just kind of resetting or fighting that change. And so maybe with the different receptors and the different receptor sites in the body, you know, we need to be patient and go through that process. And I love that no matter what you're doing with cannabis or even now the resurgence of psychedelics, especially with mental health, I'm a big advocate of healthcare practitioner guided um, you know, services where you have professionals there to support you on your individual journey. And I think that's something that sounds like you're offering wonderfully in Miami, especially for the pediatrics and the kids that need it. I, I, I mentioned something you mentioned earlier real quick was you mentioned caregivers. And I always make a, a, a moment in my conversations to, 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 to make note that they need care too. You know, it's something like the children, Absolutely. Like autistic, you know, parents of autistic children or epileptic children, you know, we, we love these kids, but they're the ones listening to the show right now, the parents, the, the little children mm-hmm. aren't often listening to the show. And I want you guys to know there's, you're supported, that you guys can benefit from some of these cannabinoids also, uh, and helping with the stress and the responsibility that you guys have taken, uh, you know, and, and just, you know, you, you're not alone on this journey. And so there's a big communities and there's a lot of great doctors out there like Dr. Wong that want to, you know, work with you and help you help your child feel better. And that's just something I always want to bring to point because caregivers often get neglected in this, in this conversation. So That's right. We're going to take one quick break. We're going to have a couple uh, quick ads to pay the bills. And we're going to come back with Dr. Wong from Medverde in Miami. And we're going to talk more about cannabis and pediatrics. Don't go anywhere. This is Doc Rob, your concierge to better living here at CannabisRadio.com. The concierge for better living will continue in a moment. Hello, and we are back. This is Dr. Rob, your host, Concierge to Better Living on Cannabis Radio with my guest today, Dr. Anne-Marie Wong from Medverde in Miami, a really interesting way of approaching cannabis by focusing on pediatrics, and I think it's really necessary. You started, before the break, you said you start most of your patients with CBD, and we've seen that as, as a preference from, in most part for many because of its less you know, psychoactive and uh, you know, more neutral kind of uh, behavior, mostly, and I think it's parasympathetic. And from a medical standpoint, that means it slows down, you know, things a little bit, the nervous system, a little bit more of pumping the brakes. And today, you know, whether it be epilepsy or autism or just life in general, most people are stressed out or, you know, gas pedal to the floor, move, 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 go, go, go. And everyone can benefit from a little bit of that, you know, break and slowing down. But let's jump into, you know, I think a lot of the concern and a lot of the research is what is the safety around, THC, right? With children in general, uh, what is your 
kind of general thoughts about that? It doesn't have to, you know, obviously we have individuals and, and there's certain situations that are exceptions to the rule, but you know, what are your thoughts about THC and the, and the, and the use of it with children? Well, it, you know, the way that I usually approach it is it really depends on the patient. Um, I do have some patients who come in who have episodes of uncontrollable rage and violence and uh, self uh, injurious behaviors. And for those patients, you know, I'm definitely more quick to start with THC. Um, you know, for all my pediatric patients, the, the parents are the ones administering the medication. You know, the children, of course, are not taking it themselves. And so it's very carefully monitored. Um, I really start at the lowest, lowest doses uh, to see if that would be enough to, to help uh, for any extra effects that THC could add. Um, to our uh, CBD uh, regimen. And uh, as long as it's, you know, responsibly monitored and uh, controlled and, um, you know, we're using the minimum amounts necessary, um, the goal of our treatment is to take care of the symptoms while avoiding any kind of intoxicating or psychoactive effects. So, um, you know, that would, that's basically our goal. So it's not to get the, you know, that part of the THC that, you know, people recreational kind of are uh, looking for, uh, which is the, the psychoactive effects. Um, by using microdoses, uh, we can achieve good effects for uh, people's conditions and symptoms, whether it be for, you know, anxiety and calming or pain or sleep or appetite without causing uh, the intoxicating effects. Yeah, I agree. I think you know, heavy focus, especially in this category of patients with CBD, and we've seen that you know some do well with just a, a more of a pure CBD. Others, uh, I'm more of an advocate of a full spectrum. But the more variables you add into the mix, could be a reaction from that patient. So, you know, I, I, at first when I started, I was totally anti-isolate CBD, and then uh -huh. I started to realize that over time, you know, there are some situations and exceptions or in areas where that individual compound in, in, in a treatment plan may be beneficial versus adding other, you know, uh, you know, cannabinoids or other ingredients. And then there's other times where a little THC has shown to be an improvement or you know, a benefit versus just a CBD alone product. So that's why, again, going back to what you said earlier, it's very individualized, very personalized, and, and should be worked with a health professional to figure that out what's best for you as a, as a patient. Right. I agree with that. You know, people ask about THC and I say, you know, obviously the brain's still maturing. You know, people say, you know, try to avoid it from a recreational standpoint until 18 or older, but that doesn't take the, the you know, the, the doctor's responsibility of helping a sick person, you know, a child that's younger, mm -hmm. who's ill, that has disease. That's where those exceptions should be recognized and aware. So I, again, I think this is a real great category. Now, so if, let's say you're a pa you're, you're parent, your child has a, a, been diagnosed, whether it be on the spectrum or epilepsy, um, and, they're, and they're interested in cannabis. Obviously, they're the ones getting the card, per se, as a caregiver. How does that process work from you? Let's say you have a new patient that comes in and is curious about uh, incorporating cannabis as an option. Right. So um, I actually offer two options. Um, I also, besides just offering patients the ability to get on the state registry to have the um, the ability to go to dispensaries and buy uh, products that come from uh, cannabis. I also offer patients uh, the option of just starting with uh, hemp-based CBD. So if they don't want that uh, 
you know, to go through the whole process of applying to the state. Um, some patients I start on CBD that, um, you know, I, I do carry a reliable brand that I've checked all the testing, sent to my own lab for testing to make sure that it is uh, really what it says it is. Um, there's also some reliable um, online um, producers that I, I recommend to as well. So I do have patients who are in other states um, that I also give guidance with uh, dosing and uh, with the treatment of uh, hemp CBD products. Um, but uh, also, you know, for uh, those patients, you know, I, I, I have to see them in person. Um, you know, the parent is there. The parent is a caregiver uh, in this state uh, that also has to get a card as well as the patient. And uh, yeah, we help, you know, them with the whole process of applying to the state. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's, you know, basically it. I kind of offer two options if, you know, somebody's not sure if they decide that they want to go straight for the cannabis products and they want to just kind of test the waters with a hemp-based products that are legal. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, people, some people are more comfortable. Some people are just dipping their toes in. And obviously when, when parents have a sick child, they're, they're for the most part willing to do just about anything, but they definitely don't want to hurt their child. Or, you know, there's always fear of making a wrong decision. So it's nice to have a, a you know, experienced pediatrician like yourself walking through them. And education is key in any of this uh, conversation. The more we educate each other, the more we communicate, uh, obviously keep up on the research and so forth. These are ways that we can uh, you know, help people walk through this process and, and find the best products or solutions for them. Um, mm -hmm. How have you seen this change so much like, you know, since COVID and the pandemic, obviously, you know, Florida and Miami is a little bit more, has been a little bit more open than some other areas, but have you seen any changes in your, in your, in your patient population or in the types of uh, issues that people are having, maybe I'm assuming a little bit more anxiety than other times. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely, uh, you know, when the pandemic just started and there was major lockdowns, I did see a lot of uh, new patients coming in with anxiety, especially healthcare workers who were uh, beyond stressed with their workload and, uh, you know, concern about their own health. And, um, but you know, there, there is actually a study on um, looking at marijuana, medical marijuana use um, with the pandemic. And it did see that uh, there was a lot more sales for medical cannabis, uh, you know, starting in 2020, uh, even in states that were already, um, you know, legalized for a while. So there was definitely a big jump in uh, cannabis sales. And also, um, there's also been a couple studies looking at uh, with uh, the pandemic, how um, patients who have mental health issues have really increased their use of uh, medical marijuana during the pandemic. Because, uh, you, you know, as you know, you know, when uh, people either have not been able to work or uh, they've been uh, not having availability to their regular medications, if their, you know, their insurance is lost, um, some people then turn to medical marijuana uh, for, you know, helping them with anxiety or sleeping and other issues that might arise from the pandemic. So, um, but in my own practice, yeah, for sure, I, I definitely saw a, a, a jump in those kind of patients. And also even, you know, with my pediatric patients, uh, the isolation that they had to endure and even the caregivers, especially having, you know, autistic children at home, not being able to keep to their routine. Um, that usually really triggers a lot of uh, autistic children to really have 
a lot more behavioral issues because they're not in their uh, regular routine. And it, you know, really was very, very difficult for a lot of the families of, oh, of yeah. Ch- children. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, stress, stress can, can present in a lot of different ways for sure. And some people handle it differently than others, obviously, you know, but when it comes to children, you know, how they express it, um, I've seen it firsthand, uh, family members under these you know, situations with, uh, you know, exasperated OCD type of presentations and other things, excessive washing. I mean, really, it's been a challenge over the last couple of years and hopefully we're you know, going to get to the other side of it and help these children get you know, back to back on course. And you're doing a great right. job, obviously with, with helping them and at least offering these solutions. We're going to take one quick break, come back with our last segment with Dr. Wong. This has been really awesome, a very important subject matter, helping our kids stay healthy and be healthy with cannabinoids properly. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. This is Dr. Rob, your concierge for better living here at cannabisradio.com. The Concierge for Better Living will continue in a moment. All right, all right, all right. We are back with our final segment of today's episode with Dr. Emery Wong from Medverde in Miami. And if you don't know Medverde, Green Med in Miami, I mean, it's, you know, you're a native Miami, you know, person, Miamian, as they say. And uh, what, what's your, a couple quick, quick questions before we wrap up. And obviously we'll have the links to Medverde, uh, medverde.com. Um, check out the shop. One question I have is, um, you know, what's your, I mean, obviously you, set, you have a, a variety of products in your own shop as well as you, re- you probably recommend some other ones. What, as far as delivery system, is, do you see to be most effective as far as with the children or pediatrics? With, with children, we really start mainly with the tincture oils uh, because, you know, I, most people, you know, the, also children in general do not know how to inhale or use a vaporization device. Um, there is here in Florida dispensary that does carry a uh, inhalation device that is, looks like an asthma inhaler. Right. So for some of my patients who do need uh, immediate, uh, you know, rescue type of medicine, um, I will recommend that uh, inhaler uh, and uh, for, for the kids, you know, uh, who, well, basically for all the kids, I recommend an arrow chamber with a mask so that the parents can hold it onto their face. But really, I focus on um, the tinctures. And um, so that way we can adjust the dose more carefully. We can start at a, you know, lower dose and then uh, gradually increase. So that allows us to, you know, have that flexibility. Um, also the benefit is that, you know, it is longer lasting. So, uh, there's less, uh, frequency that the parents have to give the medications. Um, I do have some patients who take some capsules, um, and also, um, edibles as well. Sometimes gummies are are used. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a fan of the tinctures as an herbalist and a natural doc. It's, it's a quick and and effective delivery system, especially those that are having uh, epilepsy or seizure types. Sometimes you can really stop a seizure in its track if you can get the 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 medicine in quick enough and absorb Mm -hmm. quickly. So that's really great. And then the last thing, you know, as we're writing down is is someone that's, you know, born and raised in Florida. Obviously you lived all over. I, I read, you know, your bio, you've traveled and you've worked in different parts of the world. What's your thoughts about Florida moving forward as far as an adult, you know, we're, we're a fully legal state. Do you think that'll impact the, the, your medical practice or, or just really as a pediatric focus shouldn't be that much of an impact? I just didn't know if you have any thoughts about how Florida is moving forward with cannabis. Well, um, in my opinion, I think that Florida is going to take longer 
just because, uh, you know, since I do need to follow all the uh, kind of uh, procedures and documentation and everything that they're requiring, they're actually getting a lot tighter on their uh, on the rules and everything that they're doing here in the state, rather than kind of loosening up as you'd expect them to do after a few years. Um, there's more documentation that they want us to submit uh, for each patient. Um, there is also, you know, they just changed the last, I think, two weeks ago, the rules about smokable cannabis that uh, rather than just going by uh, the dates of every 35 days, a certain amount of allotment of flour that a patient can buy. Now they're doing a rolling, uh, um, a rolling uh, allotment that uh, so it it would end up being less for some patients who do require purchasing more flour. Um, so the state seems to me to be getting a lot tighter. So I don't think that recreational, at least from their viewpoint, is in the cards so soon. But should it become recreational? Um, I do think that, you know, since I do get the majority of my patients, I would say, come from doctors, whether it be pediatric specialists or uh, also adult doctors, adult neurologists, um, rheumatologists, um, those patients that come to me from doctors actually really still need a lot of guidance. I have a lot of elderly patients who've never tried cannabis ever in their lives and they're, you know, 70, 80 years old, and they still need a lot of guidance. And, you know, there are some places here that will just give a card, but a lot of those patients will end up you know, coming to me and saying, you know, what do we do with this? Because, you know, it's it's really hard for them not knowing, um, you know, dosing and routes of administration and everything. So I do think that there still is an, uh, you know, opportunity for me to continue my practice here. But uh, definitely, you know, in terms of those patients who are, you know, just kind of using it to relax or to sleep, they, they may not, you know, need a, a doctor quite as much for those adults, but uh, there's definitely a lot of adults with, um, you know, serious conditions who still need that guidance. Yeah, that's really great. I, as, as someone that works within uh, another state's medical program that uh, for many years, and I was very happy that the state didn't rush to go recreational or adult use, and they stayed the medical program, they kept it intact, and the dispensaries that I consult and work with, many of them decided to keep a medical director on, even though the state no longer required it, because they feel it's important to keep that educational and health practitioner connection to the medical patients that are still using cannabis for their you know, their medical needs. So I'll keep on doing what you're doing, Doc. You're doing a great job. Really important to take Thank care you. of those kids. Appreciate your time today. Those that are listening, Thank you for tuning in. Check out medverde.com. Uh, we'll definitely keep you in tabs. Dr. Wong will be in Florida. Of the, you know, connect and learn more. Uh, this has been another great show. Thank you, everyone at Cannabis Radio, my producer, Brasco, and the team there that make this happen. You know, this is just the way we keep the, the message going, the education out there. And, uh, you know, as always, I wish everyone all the best in health and happiness. Take care. Be well. Talk to you again soon.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.